Have you ever felt that sting of rejection? Maybe from someone you love or as you're going through the job interview process or you're really hoping for that promotion. Maybe it came in the form of a friendship dissolving or even a family member turning and walking away. When we feel this thing of rejection, it, it hurts, right? It doesn't feel good. We want to be accepted, each one of us. You're probably thinking of those moments, even maybe back through high school, right, where cliques would form, who's in, who's out, who's better than, right? The sense of belonging, of trying to figure out, why can't I just be accepted for who I am, for how I am in this world? Who am I really? So this conversation of rejection and acceptance, in some ways it pops up at inconvenient times, and yet it's an everyday conversation. And you may be wondering, wait, what do you mean by that? Well, if you look at music, or listen to music, or if you look at a TV show, right, they are all built around, generally, rejection and acceptance. They are built around the loss of love, the gain of love. They are built upon this tension of navigating. In fact, there's a song by Billie Eilish, uh, Therefore I Am, and it's one of those, it's a layered song, kind of like a parable, which we're going to get in today from Jesus, where it's like all these meanings, but there are some lines in there where it is the song, she is rejecting this person because of, because it sounds like that person has made some unhealthy, some detrimental things are placed upon her. And so there is a rejection there. As well as the show that is so famous and popular right now, This Is Us. That show is completely built upon rejection and acceptance in a family, in a one unit family. And how they navigate that through all of their years, through all of their moments, and how they really just want to belong. And so on one side, we have this conversation of rejection and acceptance that really is detrimental, that is very painful, that we have to navigate at times, and we just want to be accepted, and why can't we all just get along, and why can't we all just feel like we belong? But there's this tension of sometimes we have to reject things. Sometimes we have to reject things because they aren't healthy, right? It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for anybody. And so there are certain things that we have to begin to think of, wait, what do I need to reject today? Because that's not healthy. That's not for the common good. And so this tension exists. And we are going to look to Jesus to help each one of us with that tension of when we are living through it or when we watch someone else struggling with that rejection, acceptance, that sense of belonging. And so as we get into it today, we are going to look at Luke 13 and Luke 14, the very end of 13, where Jesus is in the middle of he is being rejected and how he navigates that. And then in chapter 14, 
which they happened at different times, but they're there in the scripture together because there's something important about reading them together for ourselves, for each one of us. So as we go into chapter 14, we get this parable of how do you navigate? How are you navigating today that is connected to Jesus, that is connected to something greater that might actually help guide each one of us every single day. So starting in Luke, the 13th chapter, verses 31 through 35. At that time, some Pharisees approached Jesus and said, go get away from here because Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, go tell that fox, look, I'm throwing out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and on the third day, I will complete my work. However, it's necessary for me to travel today, tomorrow, and the next day because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you, how often I have wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you didn't want that. Look, your house is abandoned. I tell you, you won't see me until the time comes when you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. All right. So this gets a little weird. This is a little weird because the Pharisees are showing up to Jesus and they're like, hey, Jesus, um, Herod wants to kill you. All right. This is not new news. In fact, if we backed up into the book of Luke, we would notice that the Luke starts off with, hey, Jesus, um, I know you were just born, um, but hey, Joseph, you're going to have to take this baby and flee to Egypt because Herod wants to kill him. So this isn't a new story. What's weird is the Pharisees are trying to warn Jesus trying to get this fear in Jesus, trying to get Jesus unsettled, because the Pharisees plot to kill Jesus. It's not like they are on his side. In fact, we would call this a little bit of false acceptance. We would call this, hey, aren't you playing a game with me? Do, I, do you really accept me? And we get that with the way that Jesus responds to them. And Jesus responds by rejecting what they have to say. He is able to say, go tell that fox. I got work to do. I am healing. I am healing and throwing out demons. He's like, I got work to do. Don't, don't try to sidetrack me. And so this is the first moment where each of us gets... There are certain things that you need to reject in life. There are certain things. And Jesus was rejecting fear. He is rejecting that they're trying to draw him in, get his angst, get his worry going. But he's also rejecting someone, something else. He is rejecting, he is rejecting this sense that Herod can define him, can change his work, that what Herod's criticism is, he is rejecting. How often have you had a hard time rejecting when someone is critical about you? And we get caught up in it and something's negative. And maybe it's even by somebody we don't even respect. Right? It may be somebody that you don't like 
And yet when they criticize you, it's, it's like you keep going over and over. And so Jesus is giving us a first hint here about things that we do need to reject. And he, he's also making the Pharisees think because he's like, it's, it's not like you are going to do what you need to do. The Pharisees, this false acceptance, I don't believe you. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to who were sent to you. How often have I wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings? Jesus is like, I keep calling to you. I keep calling for you to live a different way. I keep calling and saying, hey, if you'll go down this path, dear Pharisees, disciples, apostles, us, there's a different way to live. And I keep trying to gather you in, but you don't seem to be coming along. You don't seem to be going, okay, what do I need to change? What do I need to be listening to? What do I need to be changing about my life? And so Jesus is drawing us into this conversation to first make us think about the things we really do need to reject, the things that really hold us back, the things that try to stop our God-given purpose. You have a purpose. In this life, you have a God given purpose that is bigger than any season. And we see Jesus living into his purpose. And that's why it was so important a couple weeks ago for us to really talk about that. Because when we know our purpose in life, when we are able to say, wait a minute, this is my path, this is my God given purpose, when things happen, where people are saying things, where, where people are not being nice, it is much easier to shed it and for us to stay on that path. It is much easier for us to live beyond the rejection. And it's much easier for us to begin to say, you know, that's not, I, mm -mm, I got work to do. I got to heal like Jesus. I've got to live into my purpose, my God-given purpose that is for the common good and not be sidelined, sidetracked by those who really, they're up to no good. They are about destroying life. They are about making life more complicated. They are about putting burdens upon. They are about stirring up fear. And Jesus is like, nope. And so for ourselves... As we are thinking about that, what we need to be rejecting, what we need to be accepting, how we even need to be navigating where people are putting those things upon each of us, is how is it going with our common, our common purpose, our purpose for the common good? How, how is it impacting that? How should it not impact it? Continuing on in Luke 14, verses 1 through 6. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to share a meal in the home of one of the leaders of the Pharisees, they were watching him closely. A man suffering from an abnormal swelling of the body was there. Jesus asked the lawyers and Pharisees, Does the law allow healing on the Sabbath or not? But they said nothing. Jesus took hold of the sick man, cured him, and then let him go. He said to them, suppose your child or ox fell into a ditch on the Sabbath. Wouldn't you immediately pull it out? But they had no response. All right, so fast forward a little bit. 
Here Jesus is sitting at the table with the Pharisees. He is dining with them. He is sharing a meal. And that's a really important image throughout all of Scripture. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But here he's like, okay, we're sitting down and I've got a question for you. Who are you willing to help? And he's asking it around this thing of the Sabbath because there was an understanding that the Sabbath was a day of rest, that no work was to be done. And so what do you mean by work? And so the Pharisees would say, well, no, you can't heal. And here he points out their justification for their position of what they are going to reject and what they are going to accept because he immediately goes into healing this man who has been suffering. But then he turns around and say, says, well, if your ox fell in a ditch or your child, wouldn't you go pull them out? Well, of course we would. Okay, so why not heal others? Why not accept others? And so he's really digging at them. He's digging at each one of us. What makes you decide what you are going to reject or accept in your life? Where do you draw those lines? And do you understand why you draw these lines? And so he's trying to get them to think. And so as he's trying to kind of prod them, of trying to get them to, to get a little bit deeper, become a little bit more self-aware, he starts to talk about sitting around the table. He's starting to talk about, wait a minute, okay, so you justify who you reject and who you accept. So let's take it a little further. Verses 7 through 9 of chapter 14. When Jesus noticed how the guests sought out the best seats at the table, he told them a parable. All right, so here we've got it. We've got this parable, this story that is meant to really challenge us on all sides. It's meant to challenge them. It's meant to challenge us. It's meant to challenge you in your everyday kind of moments. When someone invites you to a wedding celebration, don't take your seat in the place of honor. Someone more highly regarded than you could have been invited by your host. The host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give your seat to this other person. Embarrassed, you will take your seat in the least important place. All right, so what Jesus is doing here, he's making them question something we put in a cliche of the pride goeth before the fall. Or we think about it in terms of I'm better than or entitlement. And so Jesus is trying to poke at them. He is like, okay, we need some self-awareness in this discussion. We need to understand why we draw certain lines in the sand, why we are like, no, this is what I reject and this is what I accept. And he's challenging us to truly understand and are they appropriate or are we just trying to justify them because it's comfortable, because it's what we've always done. Because for us to go further, it, it's going to take a little bit of work. And so when he talks about this seating of the placement of the people, and if you go and sit in the most important spot, it's this sense of, well, I'm entitled to. I'm entitled, 
And we see this all the time in society. So think about it, right? 2,000 years ago, Jesus is like, we got an entitlement problem. There are people who think they are better because of their jobs, because of their names, because of their family, because of what they do. Maybe they're famous. Maybe it's the job that they have. And they're like, no, no, I'm more important. And we see this today played out in all of those scenarios. We also see it played out when, say, a customer mistreats a waiter or anyone, right? The customer mistreats somebody that's waiting on them because they are entitled, because they think they are better than. We see this in society when kids, even adult kids, think that they are entitled to their parents' money and stuff. And we may be thinking, okay, yeah, we see that all around, but that's not my issue. And hopefully that's not. Hopefully that is not. But Jesus is challenging that way of thinking. Because for those of us where that's not the issue, how are we responding in that? How do I respond when I see someone, maybe it's even a friend, that is unkind to a waiter? How do I respond in line when I see someone is not so very nice to the Starbucks, right? At the Starbucks, the cashier. And so it's really kind of getting us to think about that, to be very self-aware of our own actions, our own thought process of do we think at times that we are better than or that we deserve special treatment or that we are entitled to? Or for those of us where it's like, that's eh, not really my issue, of saying, well, how do you respond in those moments? How do you respond to others where they are engaging in that kind of activity, where they really do, and they are mistreating someone else. Continuing on in Luke 14, verses 10 through 11. Instead, when you receive an invitation, go and sit in the least important place. When your host approaches you, he will say, friend, move up here to a better seat then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. So a real sense of do we understand what we need to reject in life because it isn't for the common good and what we need to be accepting and that it may be a reversal of what we even think. It may be like, wait, who I hadn't even considered. And so you may be going, wait a minute, okay, so how do I determine this? How do I determine whether or not my rejection and acceptance, the way I do that in life, is kind of out of alignment? How do I even begin to respond to others where I see, whoa, wait a minute, that is detrimental. That is not for the common good. And so Jesus draws us back. If we were to go to Matthew 22, we would see the first commandment is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we were to go to Matthew 25 of what you do for the least of these, you do for me. And so it's really getting at how do we love in those situations? How do we take a moment to go, wait, need to hit pause because the situations are real. And 
if we thought, well, they don't happen that often, again, I say, think about all the music we listen to where this is exactly what's going on of who am I rejecting, who am I accepting, am I rejected, am I accepted, how is belonging happening in this situation, and all of the TV shows, all of the media, right? We consume things every day that is asking us whether or not we should reject or accept, and how often do we come back to, all right, so I'm supposed to love my neighbor. What does that exactly look like? in this moment? What does it mean for me to be present, to be helping the least of these? Does it mean I say to my friend, hey, wait a minute, hold up, not cool to say that. Do I say, excuse me, I, I am sorry to the cashier for that person, right? How do we begin to engage and live out when we see this tension of rejection and acceptance, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us. Finishing up in verses 12 through 15. Then Jesus said to the person who had invited him, when you host a lunch or dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers and sisters, your relatives or rich neighbors. If you do, they will invite you in return and that will be your reward. Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, crippled, lame, and blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you. Instead, you will be repaid when the just are resurrected. When one of the dinner guests heard Jesus' remarks, he said to Jesus, Happy are those who will feast in God's kingdom. So this image of table, it's really one that's important. In fact, right behind me is the table that we call the communion table, the Lord's Supper table, because this imagery of table is all about bringing us together. And that even when I'm doing the, the liturgy, I say all are invited. All are invited. Because it's an expansion view of who we are connected to, who do we need to be accepting, who do we need to be engaged with in conversation and the image of table, it's also powerful, not only in drawing us together, but it's really hard to allow our divisiveness, to allow the, our differences to become massively problematic, like to become super angry, to become like, well, how dare you, or to look down upon. Because when you're asking for somebody, hey, can you pass the potatoes, it's generally a bit harder to put them down, to think I'm better than, because all of us need to eat. And so there's an equalizer in the table. And so here, Jesus is like, okay, I get it. You want to invite your friends, your family? Yeah, you have a good time. And the repayment there is that they are going to invite you. But who else needs to be invited to the table? Who else do we need to be looking out beyond our current social circles, our current interactions, and inviting in to our conversation? Who do we need to be accepting of? Who do we need to be encouraging? Who that doesn't look like us, act like us, believe like us, 
have the same conversations that we like to have? Who do we need to be inviting in that we thought impossible or we didn't even consider in the first place? And so here Jesus is trying to widen out our perspectives of trying to get us to really challenge the divisions, the lines that we draw, the way that we decide who we reject and who we accept, and saying, who do we need to be inviting in now? Who that you didn't think? We need to say, nope, come on, sit down. Because Jesus is all the time. He's sitting down at table with all kinds of people, right? He's sitting down with sinners, saints. He is sitting down with people who are like, no, I want to learn. I want to be encouraged. He's sitting down with people who are like, no, I really am better than you. And to begin to go, okay, who in our lives have we so easily pushed aside? Because no one, not you, not me, wants to be rejected. We all want to belong. And so here Jesus is asking us to consider that beyond ourselves, beyond our immediate groups, of saying, okay, who do I need to be conversing with in life? Who in this world do I need to be inviting to the table, sitting down with, learning from, engaging with in this world? And so when we feel that sting of rejection and we are hungering for acceptance, do we go inside? Do we kind of hunker down or do we begin to broaden out? Do we begin to look around and go, wait a minute, I need to broaden who I am trying to accept, how I am helping people to feel like they belong, helping others, maybe I hadn't considered before. And so when you're struggling, when even maybe you've had that whole like, the job promotion went to somebody else, the job went to somebody else, the friend walked away, it's that sense of, I need to look out beyond, of not staying stuck and focused on what has been lost or that feeling of rejection, but instead begins to broaden out of who can be my friend? Where can I look for the job? How can I find satisfaction in my own life? And so Jesus is all about refocusing us, about refocusing on how we decide what we reject and what we accept, whether it is in family, friendships, if it's in work, if it's just in how we are navigating the cliques in high school, it is that sense of how do I navigate this today that looks a little bit more like what Jesus is calling us to. Of Jesus going, it's okay to say no to, but it's also necessary to say yes. So how will each of us, how will you, begin to rethink how you reject and accept things in your life, people, beliefs, perceptions, actions, practices, so that all of us, so that you might live more fully in that love, that you might flourish wherever you are, no matter the season, into your purpose. 
May all of us know that we belong. All of us know that God accepts us and loves us. Amen. Thank you.